0: Hey folks, and welcome back to another episode of Get wrecked, the only podcast anywhere in the world where two buds take turns recommending and reviewing some of their favorite pop culture hits, hidden gems, and oddities. I am, of course, your host and resident silly boy Thor, joined today as always by my friend and co-host, I think he's turning Japanese, I think he's turning Japanese, I really think so, it's Micah. Hey! <laughs>
1: What's that song about, Thor? I, is it about getting stoned? I, I've heard multiple things. I've well, heard, I, ch- I truly have no <laughs> I idea. I don't know either. I don't know any
0: of the words of that song other than the chorus. Yeah. And that little, I think I'm turning a Japanese, I really think so. Yeah. That's like, I know none of the other words.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I don't know what that song is about either. I've heard many things as a middle school boy. A lot of people said that it was about janking it, Okay. which I don't know if I fully get now that I'm older and reflecting on that information that I was given. It's one of those things that I was told that you just don't really question. You go, okay, yeah, that's true. But you just somebody says something one time and you roll with that forever. Forever. Yeah. (laughs) You're
0: like, yep, that makes sense. Oh, it's about jerking it. Okay.
1: Now I'm questioning (laughs) it. No research. Yeah. Now I'm questioning it. I should probably look that up. I'll Google it. Is... I'm turning Japanese. About about. masturbating? (laughs) Jesus. Uh, Yeah. No, I'm not going to Google that. I'm not going to Google that.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't want that on my internet search history. You never know when, you know, things happen. You might go out one day. You don't want your family looking up your
1: search history
0: and seeing that. They're like, what was he into? What is going on?
1: Yeah. I don't want it. I don't want it at all. I don't want Xfinity having that information on me. (laughs) You know, they're a Comcast company? Uh huh. Yeah. And you know what else is a Comcast my, company? My
0: wife worked for Comcast. So oh, that's I'm, right. That's I'm right. pretty well aware. You know, <laughs>
1: you, you know what else is a Comcast company? Universal Studios. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's wild to think that they're that big of a company. It yeah. irks me so much. I hate Comcast so much.
0: Yeah, I'm not a huge fan. I'm pretty sure a year or two ago they were voted like the most hated company in America.
1: They're pretty awful. Yeah, they're not great. They're, yeah, they're pretty awful. Can't wait for some
0: Actually, my father-in-law still works for them. They're great guys. He can be a good guy. That's fine.
1: <laughs> Your father-in-law sure is a great guy. They take guy. really good care of their employees. Okay. Well, that's good.
0: Uh, well, I mean, maybe that's I actually don't know if that's true or not. They're they have really up. they have really good benefits. Okay. Well, but that that much I know to be true. With a company that big, they he, should He was telling me cuz I'm about to have a kid. So, and I'm getting a little bit of paternity paternity leave, which Mm -hmm. I appreciate. A lot of people don't get that at all. A couple weeks off work, I get to, you know, spend time with my wife, my new child. Yeah. Very excited for that. Her dad was telling me that one of the guys that works for him just had a baby. Eight weeks. Holy crap. Paternity leave. So that's a pretty sweet gig. That is a pretty sweet gig, and he's a gig. cable installer. Wow, the, that this person, yeah, pretty sweet gig. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm like Comcast, the greatest company of all time, because <laughs> I'm looking at myself in that situation. I'm like, nothing seems better than that.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean, eight weeks is that's a lot. That's a lot. All right. Well, um, I think that we should. I think we should. Just dive right into it.
0: Well, you had something you wanted to talk about before we started. What oh, was I it? did.
1: I did. Um, have you heard of this guy named Coffeezilla?
0: The name sounds familiar. What's he do? Is he finance guy?
1: He's in an... Uh, I don't know. He does investigative journalism, I guess, on YouTube. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm familiar with him.
0: So, I- I'm familiar with the name, rather.
1: Okay. He had this whole investigation on... I think it was Jake Paul. Maybe it was Logan Paul. One of the Paul brothers. One of the Paul brothers. I think it was. Now I've got to look it up. Yeah, he watched
0: a video uh, or he made a video that I watched that really it was an in-depth look at the whole FTX thing. Oh, yeah, because I'm stupid and I still don't. I don't think honestly, I don't think anybody really understands cryptocurrency. I think everybody pretends like they do. Well. But it helps a dum dum like me kind of understand what was going on. Yeah. With with that whole uh, kerfuffle.
1: Yeah, the FTX <laughs> thing was you wild. You
0: know that little, just that little hiccup that those guys had.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was with Logan Paul actually. Okay. And it was another scam. Logan Paul uh, signed on and promoted this crypto company called, I think it was called ZooCoin. Okay. And. What you did, it's it's a game that is also cryptocurrency. Oh, I
0: heard about this a little bit. It was like a cryptocurrency and it was similar to like Pokemons or something. You could like yeah, evolve like you, them or you something. Could get an,
1: you could get an egg and then that egg would retain value or you could hatch the egg and you would get these cool, uh, I guess, AI generated photos and then you could mix them together.
0: So it's like cryptocurrency, NFT, and collectibles all rolled into one. Mm-hmm. That, that's kind of a neat idea at, at face value.
1: Yeah, but people were scammed out of like millions and millions of dollars for it. It's a wild story. It's on, <laughs> it's on YouTube. Just look up Coffeezilla, Zillow, like Godzilla, except replace God with coffee. That's a shirt. Um. <laughs> Re- <laughs> replace your God with coffee. <laughs> But yeah, it's just a wild story. I've been like listening to it for the last couple of days because there's three twenty-minute segments that he that he has. It's pretty interesting to listen
0: to. Yeah, that does sound. That sounds neat. Yeah, yeah. I think on on its face value, that seems it seems like a cool thing. Do you feel like do you feel bad when people get scammed? Like think Bernie Bernie Madoff, right? Uh, um, the classic Ponzi scheme. Yeah. Do you feel bad when people get scammed? And not even rich people, just normal people, because Micah, you've never been scammed. I've never been scammed. Do do you feel empathy for people who do get scammed?
1: Um, I think it depends on the scam, and it depends. I think there's there's a big part of me that says no. Okay. Like there's a big part of me that says no. But with that being said, I know that there are people who, like the people in this, in this crypto zoo thing, they're intelligent people. They're all getting scammed. So it's not a thing where, like, like there's a big part of there that says, do your research, investigate before you jump in. Sure. Not yeah. just necessarily with this, but with, you know, anything that you're going to get involved in. Yeah. Um. And for that reason, it's a buyer's beware kind of mindset for me. But at the same time, there is this, there's a small part of me that empathizes with them and obviously they got duped and that sucks. So it's a conflicting, it's a conflicting thing. Yeah. Like, I, obviously I wish that they didn't get scammed. It's not like a, ha ha, well, sucks to be you, sucker. I'm not quite there.
0: Yeah. Do you think this was a situation where they knew they were scamming people? Or is that the, essentially what CoffeeZilla is you know the claim he's making against the this Paul brother
1: basically it's yeah it's that that um i mean he took m- millions and millions and millions of dollars and the product never came out okay so that's what it is essentially and after he outed Logan Paul about it Logan Paul <laughs> put out a video basically saying i'm coming after you coffeezilla And then took that video down and then put up another video that goes, thanks, CoffeeZilla, for bringing it to our attention. And (laughs) and, and, and he said that he was going to work on the people who wanted to back out work on getting them their money back.
0: Oh, because he's a nice guy. right? Yeah, but that was six months
1: ago. Coffeezilla just came out with another video. He's like, hey, it's been six months. Nothing's happened. So
0: any movement with that? God, we live in such a stupid world that some like just think about that. That sentence. Hey, I'm coming after you, (laughs) Coffeezilla. Our world sucks. (laughs) Vladimir Putin, if you're listening and we know that you are, just drop the bombs already. I'm tired of waiting around for it. Come don't on. Say that. Dude. <laughs> we won't be able to have
1: electricity past eight PM. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's your biggest concern.
0: <laughs> oh Jeez. we stink. Coffeezilla, I'm coming after you. We don't deserve to be here anymore. I'm done. <laughs> done.
1: Done. <laughs> they do drop the bombs though, you know where we're going. We're gonna take a little trip to Yomi.
0: We will be going to Yomi. We'll be trekking to Yomi. Yep. Perfect. I see. We were going there the whole time. The Perfect. whole time. <laughs> it, full circle. <laughs>
1: yep. Let's get there. <laughs> let's do it.
0: Hey, folks, make sure to stay up to date on all the latest episodes by following us at Get Wrecked Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Or if you have any recommendations you'd like to hear us review on the show, you can contact us directly by email. Or, I don't know, maybe you just want to send us some feet pics. Creep, I don't know what you're into. I don't care. We'll review those too. What do you think of that, huh? In any case, all your requests, feedback, and general criticism of the straight white patriarchy can be sent to getrekkedpod at gmail.com. That's G-I-T-R-E-C-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. Now,
1: back to the show. All right, crew, so today we are jumping into a little-known video game called Trek to Yomi. Thor likes to say that we cover pop culture hits, hidden gems, and oddities. I, myself, would call this one a hidden gem. I don't think that a lot of people know about this game, or at least I don't think that it's a huge game. It's kind of an indie developer and publisher, but it's it's a pretty interesting game. So this came out in 2022, so it's only a year old at the time of this recording. And it was done by the developer Wild Hog Studios. They've done other games like Shadow Warrior, Shadow Warrior 2, Shadow Warrior 3, and then Evil West, obviously Trek to Yomi. So if any of those sound familiar, that's them. Um, The publisher is a company called Top Devolver, and they've done some gems. Like They have published some gems, like Death's Door, Enter the Gungeon, Cult of the Lamb, These are all kind of small indie games. So this publisher is not like a massive AAA publisher. They do a lot of small stuff. Um, Also, probably a future episode, they published a game called Inscription, which is a fantastic, fantastic game, and Thor has to play it at some point. You've definitely
0: recommended that to me off the show a couple of times. Yeah.
1: Um, But this Trek Tiomi game came to be free-to-play on the PlayStation Network, and both Thor and I have PlayStation Plus. So we thought, well, I thought, this should be something that we should try. So I downloaded it, I played maybe 15 minutes of it, and I thought Thor should play this too. So with that being said, Thor, what did you think of Trek to Yomi? Dude, it's very fun. Yeah? This is a great game. I wasn't sure how you were going to feel about it with the whole... Um, It's very Edo Japan setting, and it has a lot to do with samurai and honor and love and uh, revenge. Yeah,
0: I have a few notes of things I didn't like, which we'll get into. Sure. Um, But for the most part, I think this is a super addictive, uh, easy to get into game with a real fun gameplay loop. And it's one of those you can just kind of pick up and put down at will. It's not it's not elden ring it's not breath of the wild it's not a long story game where you're going to be sinking anywhere from 50 to 150 hours into it yeah i mean i think all i beat the game and all together i think i played maybe seven eight hours if that
1: yeah yeah it's not a very long game
0: and it has replayability i'm i plan on probably playing again okay I i think it's a it's a fun little game it's Perfect for if you don't want to get in, because sometimes a big Elden Ring, a Breath of the Wild, those types of games with a real deep storyline where you know you're sinking a lot of hours into, Mm -hmm. that's an undertaking. And if you're somebody who doesn't have a ton of time to play video games, it can be daunting. And a lot of times I'll be like, I would love to get that game and play it, but I know either A... I'm it's going to take me forever to get through it mm-hmm. or I'm going to be slacking on my other responsibilities in life because <laughs> sure. I'm addicted to this, to this game. video game so I just stay away from them mm-hmm. yeah until, until I know I have some free time to get it done yeah so this is perfect it's a fun pick up and play game pick it up put it down and super replayable I think the actual gameplay loop is very gratifying okay and simple in the best kind of way. Okay. The game's nice. a very simple, streamlined system.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of a 2D-ish side-scroller. Um, if you harken back to something like Streets of Rage or the old Ninja Turtle arcade game, how you like run around and do a beat 'em up type of thing. Do you remember, what was the game? Uh,
0: it was like a ninja game.
1: Are you thinking of... Double Dragon?
0: No, it was a Sega side scroller. Battle Toads. You were a ninja, and you would throw ninja stars and fight people with your sword. Was it Ninja Gaiden? Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden. Yes. Remind me a lot of that. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. And also, I think—am I thinking Abe's Odyssey? Maybe I'm not sure. It has this—I could see that—like cinematic, because it's not all side scrolling. Right. It's, yeah. It's one of those you're going through the. It's a 3D level. It's a 3D game, mm-hmm. and every time you go to a, go through, a hallway or go to the edge of the screen, it takes you to a different screen and it's from a different angle. So right. sometimes you're looking at your character from the left side, the right side, the front, the back, and you can't ever adjust the camera. It's just where the camera's positioned changes in each. Each frame, essentially.
1: Yeah. So this this game is a very uh, I'll say cinematically inspired game because because you're right the the camera in this game is not over the shoulder it doesn't it also doesn't follow along with the character either it's a lot of still frames and your character is in that frame somewhere and and going around now the the game itself as far as the the plot of it. The gist of it, the trek to Yomi, is you play a samurai named Hiroki, and you're basically following his life. You start, you kind of follow him, and he's a uh, an apprentice. He's a padawan. I, yeah, padawan apprentice. <laughs> um, and then you play with. That's kind of the introductory level. Then he ages up, and he becomes the like the main samurai of this town, and his. His love is the, like, the head of the town. And basically you find out that bandits are attacking the the closest town over. So you go to check it out with your buddies, your other fellow samurai, and shit hits the fan. All your buddies die. It's a lot of action. And then when you come back to your town, you realize that they basically did that. And while you were over there investigating, they came to your town and did the exact same thing. Yep, so you the being the head samurai all your people. Yeah. You basically weren't there for for it. So the main character has this big feeling of guilt, regret, obviously being a samurai, he's very duty bound, and also you find out that his love interest Yeah,
0: you this happens you're like I smell some sampuku coming on.
1: Yeah. Cuz <laughs> <Yeah. it,
0: laughs> this was a dishonorable thing to happen in your town.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so um then he finds out that his his uh, love, I believe it, her name was Aiko or Iko. It's spelled A-I-K-O. Yeah, basically the
0: princess, the leader of the town.
1: Yeah, she was killed by the evil warlord, leader of this bandit as well.
0: What was his name?
1: Oh, man. <sighs> what was his I'm just,
0: name? I'm just kidding. I wanted to laugh at you trying to pronounce it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
0: Hakagori or something it's like that. Kaguro. Kaguro, yeah. Yeah
1: kaguro is the is the main warlord enemy so he's the big bad of the of the game but you fight him pretty early on and then you die pretty early on
0: yeah i didn't love that i don't like it's like just give him a just give me a cutscene. scene okay. i don't i don't like when games do that when they'll put you in a battle that you can't win like no matter what you're going to die oh okay I don't love when they do that. You could just give me a cutscene and save me the 30 seconds of trying to beat this guy that I can't beat.
1: Gotcha. Okay. All right. I can get that. Um, there's a reason that they did that in this particular game.
0: Yeah, because you had to die.
1: You Yeah, you did have to die. But with that being said, it, the, the game then is basically the narrative story of him going into Yomi, which is the uh, Shinto mythology underworld, and then coming back and either gaining revenge or avenging his uh his love you have a little bit of decision making to do as the game goes on which i thought was kind of cool does it actually does that actually affect the story it
0: does okay
1: it does yeah
0: like i said i only did one playthrough and i assumed that it affected what ending you get sure but i i didn't know for sure
1: okay yeah um so the film really harkens back to I'm sorry, the film jeez, the it looks video like game a film. it does it, yeah it, the, and that's kind of where I was going. The game harkens back to old 1930s 1950s uh Japanese samurai movies. Mm-hmm. It's in grayscale, it's got this really cool high contrast um look to it. How did you feel about the overall look
0: okay, so here's this is one of my problems with this game yeah okay. is I enjoyed it. I think it it looks very cool. You get that it looks like a film made in the nineteen forties or something, because mm-hmm. the actual, like you said, it's grayscale. There are little little black hiccups, as if you're actually looking at a roll of film. Yeah. I wish the entire game wasn't black and white. Now here's the re and I I I believe that was an aesthetic choice. It was an because aesthetic it choice. looks absolutely beautiful. You okay. get some incredible scenes. Um, specifically the one that really comes to mind is one of these side scrolling. Because anytime you're in combat, it's full on side scroller. Yeah. When you're exploring, it'll give you different angles and stuff. But when you're in battle, it's always like a side scroller. But you're running through a building, and it's. Those classic Japanese walls that are made of, like, bamboo and paper. Mm -hmm. So you can see the shadows through. Yeah. And you're running through this hall fighting these guys with samurai swords. And as you're doing, you're going in and out from behind these walls where you're just seeing shadows. Yeah,
1: you're just seeing their silhouettes, right?
0: Yeah, so the game ends up looking beautiful because of that. But... I I don't think it was necessary to make the entire thing black and white. Okay. I I have two options of what I think they could have done that I think would have still captured it. One, because the the game happens in essentially four parts. You start out as a kid, and you watch your master get killed. That's when you're learning the basics of the game. Mm -hmm. So that could have been black and white. And then it flashes to present day, When you have to go, you're now protecting your love interest who is the daughter of your master who died. Mm -hmm. She's running the town. So flash that. You could keep that grainy look,
1: but just give us some color. A little bit of color?
0: Yeah, and you could still make it look like a washed-out color, like a film, like an old film.
1: You're thinking like early Technicolor
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then when you go to Yomi, when you go to the underworld, go ahead and go back to black and white. You might not even have to, though, because that location is so dark. Yeah. You could probably accomplish the same thing without making it fully grayscale. And then when you come back to present time, once you've fought your way through Yomi, you go back to color. Like, that's one option, one way they could handle it. Okay. Or how about after you beat the game for the first time? Now you can play through again, and they give you the option to play in color.
1: What was it about the black and white or the gray skill that you didn't like? I want
0: to see the blood because there's blood. <laughs> I mean, okay. that's one of it. I want to see right. the blood splattering. Yep. It's samurai swords. You're chopping people up. There's blood spraying exactly like you want. It's uh-huh. all black and white. Yep. So aesthetically, I think it's an incredible choice. I would just like the option to see it in color as well, because I think the game would look really cool in color mm-hmm. and I think it tends to, it tends to blend together. Okay, when there's no separation, everything's black and white constantly the whole time, and they do a lot of great lighting. Yeah, like the you can lighting tell, in this
1: game is great.
0: So I'm, I'm not to say it was laziness or anything. It's an aesthetic choice, and it's a very cool choice. Mm-hmm. I would like to see the game with some color, though. Like I said, I want to see that bright red blood splashing like on the screen or something when you're chopping people up with your katana
1: what if I told you I had another game for you then okay because <laughs> I've got another game for you then <laughs> um Ghost of Tsushima that's what I've you want to play
0: so many good things about it's it
1: it's so good Thor it's so good okay I'm I want to play it okay yeah. I'll let you borrow it sweet I'll let you borrow it if you if you beat it then we'll talk about it okay it's amazing um, I've
0: heard nothing but good things. Yeah,
1: fantastic things. And
0: I love fighting with samurai swords. You know, And I mean, I know everybody does, but mm-hmm. you know when I'm playing
1: Elden Ring, I'm playing katanas. Oh,
0: of course. Dude, it's so much fun being a samurai fighting people with katanas. Now,
1: okay, so we're getting into the Elden, Wing, Elden Ring weeds, folks. But uh, which samurai swords are you using? Which katanas are you using? All of In, them. All of them?
0: Yeah, hey. I like mixing it up and okay. playing, messing around with different ones. My first playthrough, I primarily used Moonveil, oh, which, dude. which I know is a pretty overpowered one that people like. Moonveil's great, though. It's awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: Rivers of Blood is cool.
1: Rivers of Blood is great. It,
0: it's obviously you have to kind of build
1: mm-hmm. with
0: it. Um, but even like the, uh, the one, it gives you like a lightning power. Oh, sure. The dragon scale mm-hmm. one, I think, is cool. And uh, I really like the meteorite one. Yeah. That, I used the Moon Veil and the Meteorite one pr- primarily. I would keep them both equipped and I would dual wield them. Okay. So I would use the the Meteorite one because it would slam into the ground and pull everybody into you. Yeah. And then I would switch to the Moon Veil and fucking hack them up.
1: Hack them up. That's the way to go. When I dueled yeah. Katanas and Elden Ring, I used Rivers of Blood because I'm a squib. And I also used uh, Melania's katana okay right on that did the waterfowl dance Yeah, that one's also very cool yeah the katanas were pretty awesome in that game yeah
0: so let's not get too into Elden Ring we can go all night but yeah (laughs) so
1: I love samurai
0: stuff I'm into trying Ghost of Tsushima okay
1: all right but I want to
0: see the blood
1: uh, that's that's fair that's a big
0: part of the katanas is you want to see that blood spray
1: so a big part of this game was it was really trying to reference those old samurai films it really was. Uh, specifically, it was trying to uh, really evoke... Um, oh my gosh, what's his name? Akira Kurosawa. Kurosawa. Obviously him, yeah. Ob- he, he's the guy who wrote Seven Samurai. Obviously like, that. Okay. The, are, have you seen Seven Samurai? No. Oh my gosh, though. No. It's... Have you seen The Magnificent Seven? The old Western? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so The Magnificent Seven is just a retelling of the Seven Samurai film. Written, oh, okay. Written by...
0: Uh, but they made it better because it was white guys in America. I, you know... That was their feelings on it. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you know what this movie needs more of and less of? Less <laughs> Japanese, more whites. And also get some guns. What are they doing with these dumb swords? Jeez. Get some six shooters. Is um, that is that kind of how that
1: happened? That's probably, that's probably how it happened. Okay. Yeah. So, so this, I mean, the seven samurai film is a, a classic. It inspired so much. Stuff. I've
0: genuinely never
1: even heard of it. What? <laughs> yeah. I am baffled. Oh my gosh. Okay. You've never heard of the film seven samurai. No, that's so wild to me. Okay. Um, Okay, wow, geez. So it inspired so many things though. Including this game. Um, so so that was that was a big a big thing with it. Thor, what did you think of what did you think of the actual descent into the underworld in this game? I thought that it was done pretty well. I really enjoyed that. What's cool about this game
0: is the first half probably eh, probably first third of it you're a young boy and then you're a young man and it just you're in feudal japan mm-hmm. you're just a samurai doing samurai shit protecting the honor of your people trying to hunt down a warlord right
1: yeah doing car pranks with and friends. <laughs> you're
0: just doing car pranks with friends <laughs> and then and so it doesn't feel it, it doesn't even have a touch of fantasy or fairy tales or anything like that and then all of a sudden you're in the fucking underworld fighting monsters and zombies and stuff with these weird like spider things that try to attack you. Yeah. And I was like, that's such a cool turn because mm-hmm. it feels like at first you're like, oh, it's just a game. You're in Japan. And now it's like, oh, I'm in the underworld. It's kind of like a then it feels really like a video game. You're fighting through this fantastical journey through the underworld. Yeah. I thought I thought that was really neat.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting that you say that you enjoyed the like the combat mechanics of the game Mm -hmm. in the reviews, because after I played the game, I listened to a couple of reviews just to see where feedback was. And wouldn't you know that almost unanimously across the board, the part where the game is panned is in its combat mechanics.
0: I get that. But here's the thing. What I one of the things I really enjoy about this game, mm-hmm. like I said, is it's simple and streamlined.
1: That's true. It the is.
0: combat is not deep. And I know a lot of times people who are really big video game people, they want all the extra stuff. They want a million combos. I liked that there wasn't. You know what you're never doing in this game, which you do so much in other games nowadays? Hmm. You're never checking your map. You're never checking your menu. You're not trying to upgrade your weapons. There's no work. There's no grind of... Oh, let me check. We were talking about Elden Ring. Yeah, it's a great game, but you're constantly checking. Oh, how powerful is my weapon? How can I get it to scale? Well, I got to go get this this component so that I can upgrade it. And then I got to go to this place to upgrade. And you're constantly trying to upgrade stuff. You know, that- whereas this you just naturally you'll find extra health. You look around, you find some extra stamina. You look, you know, you're never worried about. Anything other than actually just playing. The, it's a story driven game with simple, straightforward mechanics.
1: That's a pretty good point, Thor. Yeah, it doesn't have any of the uh, RPG elements. I'm putting air quotes up while I say RPG because so many games now are using stats and level up your character and learn new skills and upgrade your weapons. Like That's so common in, in video games now. It is kind of refreshing that that's not even the case. You know what's even crazier is that I didn't even realize that. Like that, what you just said, never even occurred to me. Yeah. The only time you're
0: looking at like a pause menu is when you collect, because the whole time you're going through, you can collect, you're collecting, uh, what do they call them? Idols or artifacts or something. Yeah. And you don't even have to look at that. It's just kind of telling you the story of the underworld and the, like the gods, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever the lore of... The place that you, this place that you're in, and stuff, and honestly, half of that I didn't even look at.
1: Yeah, I didn't. Because I I mean, it's
0: it's purely a, are you interested in the story more? Mm -hmm. And a lot of them have a lot of dialogue. I'm like, okay, I'm checked out at this point. But I did, I read a (laughs) few, and it was cool. So, but I, I liked that. I said, is this gonna be my favorite game of all time? Absolutely not. No. But this is a great game if you got 20 minutes and you're just like. I just want to play something fun with fun mechanics. I bet you those people probably if they're reviewing video games, there's a good chance they're probably picking up a game and they probably played it start to finish in one sitting. They probably had six hours to sit around playing a video game. Sure. And yeah, I get it. It's definitely repetitive because there's not a lot of combos. There's only so many different actions you can take. It's not super in-depth combat. So if you're playing the game for 6 hours straight, yeah, it's going to get boring.
1: Right. Did how did you how did you fare in this game? Did you die much or
0: Um, I played it on the medium difficulty. Yeah. I started on easy and it was too easy. Okay. So I went to the medium setting and once I got to the underworld part, I started feeling it pretty good and I'm pretty bad at video games admittedly. Yeah. So at first I was dying a lot. Once I started picking it up, I didn't die as much.
1: Yeah. I, there were some spots where I died a lot and I just had to re redo oh, that oh, checkpoint for sure. yeah. over and over.
0: There was, I also like, there's a lot of checkpoints in this.
1: There were, yeah. Uh, I, but like for me at the beginning of the game, I was doing really, really well. And then once they started introducing Once you got into the underworld and they started introducing different types of enemies inside the underworld with powers and stuff like that, I started dying a little bit at at that learning curve with those Well, and
0: also when you get there, they start throwing a lot more enemies at you at once.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of like you, though, where once I kind of figured out how I found a couple of combos that that worked for me, Mm -hmm. and, and then I just stuck to those. Yeah. And from there, I was I was generally pretty good, but there were some spots, dude, where I died a lot and I was pretty thankful for those those checkpoints that showed up fairly yeah. frequently.
0: Yeah, no, there are definitely some spots where it's like you have to really you have. I think it's intended for you to die a couple of times yeah. where you have to kind of figure out, OK, this enemy is going to come in this way. This one's going to come in this way. I need to take him out first so I have time to to get this one. And, and it can be overwhelming when you're trying to block and flip, flip your character back and forth to block one, block the other, also get your combos in, not get hit. There, there's a surprising amount of depth. I'm actually surprised, uh, that people are, as you said, have panned that combat system. I, like I said, I get why, but I, I think there is a lot of simple, there's a, there's a lot of depth to it even though it is has a certain simplicity to it.
1: Yeah. Now they were still saying you should play the game. And I would I would agree 100% you should play this game. I would say this is this is more of a a visual experience than it is at least for me a really hardcore game or like a a quote unquote video game. Absolutely. Yeah. Um I felt like there there were many times I was playing this game and I just stopped and took a screenshot of the picture that was. Dude, there's tons of those
0: spots. The game is beautiful. Yeah. It really is.
1: It's really pretty.
0: And as much as I said, like, I wish it wasn't fully in black and white. I would like to experience it not. That being said, that's like a minor complaint. Because I can't argue with the results of just how gorgeous the game looks. For also being... The graphics aren't blow your balls off wild. No, they're not. It was a
1: small team but, that made this game.
0: But that's another, there's a lot of beauty in the simplicity and streamlined nature of this game. The way they approached it, they didn't need some crazy big budget graphics. They didn't need to spend a million years making this crazy detailed you know, landscape that you're going to be trekking across. Yeah. They, instead, they focused on the simple stuff using, uh, what's that? You're an artist. What's that called? When you got something dark, you got something light contrast contrast. Yeah. Oh Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, contrast is pretty crazy. Contrast
0: in the is the name of the game with this, as yeah. far as visually,
1: they did a lot of really cool things too with foreground elements and background elements. Because in some scenes, even when even in some like two D fighting scenes, the reason I'm saying that is that it's three D when you can go around and explore, mm-hmm. but then you'll go into this room and it'll be two D, and then you can only move left or right. Yeah, but in in a lot of the scenes, um your character's pretty small in the screen as far as its its relationship to the overall viewpoint that the camera is at mm-hmm. it's like way up in the sky at an angle and you can see buildings upon buildings upon buildings and your character's like, <laughs> like a tiny, tiny little dude
0: yeah it's tough to know what's going on sometimes because yeah. your character is so small and everything is just black and dark.
1: <laughs> yeah so there were a couple times where you would go into a new area and it's not, I think in, in filmography, they call it like flipping the camera where if you've got two people talking to each other and you're trying to show them and it cuts to one character as they talk and then cuts to the other character as they talk, the person who's talking is always on the same side. So like if it were you and I in a film talking and you were to my left or in like from the camera view, I was on the left and you were on the right. when it shows you talking and it shows my shoulder, I'm still on the left side. when it shows me talking and you and like over your shoulder, I'm still on the left side, okay, and it does that so that it doesn't confuse the viewer,
0: so sure. our yeah. brain
1: picks up, oh Mike is on the left, Thor's on the right. I can follow this okay, yeah, this game does not do that nope not at all you'll it go says, <laughs> fuck that
0: i'm gonna confuse the hell out of thor when he's running through rooms he's like wait which way am i going who am i which guy am i because everybody's a little bit dark and kind of tough to tell apart. because yeah. they're all samurais guess what you're a samurai but you know what you're fighting other goddamn samurais <laughs> it was fun it was fun but it
1: was definitely confusing yeah because <laughs> because you'll be like holding left and then you go into the other area and now left is the is the way to backtrack Yeah. and up is the way that you want to go. So there were some confusing parts as far as that goes, but I think visually, visually that's tough to find a balance between the two, I think. So now with that being said, there are multiple endings to this game. Okay. So uh, as you trek through to Yomi and then ultimately make your way back from the underworld, you have decisions, you have these big boss battles, and there are a couple of decisions that you have to kind of answer where you define what is driving you.
0: Yeah, essentially, it's the same thing, though, times it's like, are you driven by the love for the woman you lost to be with her? Are you driven by the duty to protect your people? Or are you driven by revenge for the guy who took everything from
1: you? Yeah. So what route did you go, Thor?
0: Well, on the first choice, because you get two toys, cho- you only make a choice twice. Yeah. Or at least, I don't know, maybe there are more, but when I played through, So the first time, I picked Revenge. Okay. Because it was still fresh in my mind. I'm like, yeah, that no-nose motherfucking Revenge. Yeah. And then the final one, I chose uh, Duty for My
1: People. That's the exact same thing that I did. <laughs> did you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Dude, it felt like the character. It like, did. It
0: felt like that's what would be going through his head. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, so I actually, um, I chose that because I was trying to think what you would pick, and I wanted to pick something different. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Son of a bitch, Thor. You picked the same thing that I did. So the ending then is, spoiler for everybody who cares, uh, for you, at least for me, it was that you come back to the to the land of the living yeah you fight uh kuragawa i think that's his Nagimura. name
0: Some, something with a k yeah.
1: yeah uh kokomora the ironclad coconut bandits <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, <laughs> old no-nos yeah um and then you lead your village and help it recover is yeah. that how your ending was? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it ends with you being the elder and you having an apprentice, and you're starting yeah. to train him. Okay, so that's the ending that I got as well. Evidently, um, there's an there are two more endings depending on what your motivations are.
0: Yeah, if you choose your the woman or choose revenge.
1: Yeah. So if you, I'm guessing
0: the revenge one doesn't work out good.
1: <laughs> so, so if you choose revenge, from what I from what. I was reading is you basically become a warlord yourself <laughs> and go on to do warlord things. So Actually, I wouldn't choose that one. Yeah. Um, And then the, if you choose love as your, as your motivating factor, then you go back to the underworld it's to been. be with your love. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the three different endings, but I was pretty surprised that they even have, Three different endings in the first place. Yeah. So, how did you feel about the fact that it was all in Japanese? Did it bother you?
0: That's my other criticism. And yeah. here's the thing: once again, I could tell because the guy who, like, the lead developer or designer, the guy whose name is on it, yeah, his name is Leonard. So I'm assuming, <laughs> okay. and he does have a, a Japanese last name. So I'm assuming, just based off his name, yeah, um, probably an immigrant or like immigrant parents. Okay. Because his name is Leonard. I, I can't even think of the last name. So my assumption was the same way that it was meant to kind of harken back to 40s era samurai films. That it, it was meant to really just pay homage to the culture and those films. So they're like, we're going to do the whole thing in Japanese.
1: Leonard Menciari.
0: Yeah. That might so just based on his name, I'm assuming, OK, he probably like there is probably the option that they could have done this in English mm-hmm. or given you an option for English. Yeah, I don't know. So I I didn't the only reason I didn't like it is the subtitles make them a different color that's not white.
1: Yeah, Make them yellow are tough to read.
0: because it's white subtitles on a black and white screen. Yeah. Which, A, I don't love the subtitles anyway because they'll give you dialogue while you're trying to fight people. And if you <laughs> don't speak Japanese, you're trying to fight people and read at the same time. Yeah. So it's like, what the, what the hell? So I didn't love that. That's another one of those things, same with black and white, where it's, I believe it's an aesthetic choice. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate it. It, it kinda, I didn't love it. I would like the option to not have subtitles and actually have, like, an English voiceover.
1: Okay, so... But I'll take what I can get. Yeah, I would say the fix for me would be to take your subtitles and just put a... I don't want to say a block or a cube, because that would mess with the aesthetic behind the text, but you could put, like, a, a Sumi Ink brush stroke in all black, Un, behind the text oh yeah so that that white text was always on a black background that would have made it visible to read at all yeah. times
0: that or make it give me that red give me some red okay.
1: subtitles that'd look pretty cool it'd be what if it was all Set. what if it was all grayscale except for the blood i'd love it yeah that'd be pretty cool yeah that's that'd be fair. pretty cool
0: everybody loves like a a black and white picture when you have just that pop of color whether it's like a little kid, and she has a rubber ducky, and just the rubber ducky's yellow, yeah. and everything's black and white. Or uh they do that in Kill Bill, right? Black and white scenes.
1: Yeah. Or I think, am I thinking well,
0: Sin City? The,
1: yes, you're thinking that, Sin City, yeah, for sure. Sin
0: City, that that film, where it's black and white, and then you just get those pops of color. Mm-hmm. Do that with the subtitles and the blood.
1: That Yeah, that'd have been pretty cool. I'd love it. That'd have been pretty cool. Um It wouldn't, but at the same
0: time, that wouldn't it would certainly have a different vibe and that's clearly not what they were going for. Yeah, So I
1: would agree with that. That's
0: like a kind of, I guess those are like minor those are minor complaints for me. Gotcha.
1: I have news for you. Okay. There is an English option available. There is? Yep, it's in the options. Yeah, I played about 60% of the game in Japanese and then, and then I found it and I'm like, oh I'll just listen to this in English. Is the voiceover good? It's okay. I think that I honestly preferred the Japanese. Just, I like
0: the Japanese. I just yeah. didn't like that the subtitles were hard to read against the screen. Yeah, Like genuinely, I didn't mind reading them. Also, once again, it's a short game. I can mm. deal with subtitles for a six-hour game, and it's not like there's a ton of dialogue right throughout it. So it's just that they were hard to read is really the complaint about it.
1: Gotcha. Something that I think is interesting about listening to things in a different language is that, at least for me, I have no idea if the voice acting is good if it's in a different language.
0: Yeah, exactly. I have no
1: idea. For me, it sounds like authentic Japanese speaking, and he's kind of yelling when the subtitles portray that he's saying something and he's angry. So I think it's good. I think that's such a weird thing, because then if I listen to it in English... You'd be like, oh, mm, he's kind of faking it pretty hard. Like yeah. you can, you can catch that <laughs> exactly. subtlety in your own language. Um, so that might have been why I preferred it in Japanese, because there were spots where the voice actor—I mean, he did a good job. Whoever did it was, did a pretty good job, but there were spots where I could tell that they were kind of either overcompensating or like being directed to yell too much or something like that. Sure, yeah. But I wouldn't have caught that if that was happening in a different language. Yeah, no. Yeah, I just found that I don't know. I think that's weird. But generally if I'm watching an anime or something in Japanese, I would prefer to listen to the voiceover even if it's bad. Yeah, me too.
0: I don't I don't like read especially I hate anime with subtitles. And I get people who are like I like hearing it in its original language. I like hearing it as it's meant to be, as it was written and meant to be experienced. The purists. I get that. Yeah. I don't like trying to watch something and read at the same time because then I'm focused on reading and I'm not focused on what's going on in front of me. Okay.
1: yeah, And it
0: takes me out of it.
1: I can see that. For me, anytime that I'm watching something like anime, I'm never just sitting down and watching anime. I've got it on my phone and I'm watching it while I'm doing something else. Okay. I will listen... 50% of the time and watch the other 50% of the time. Sure. So it just makes sense for me to listen to it in English in in that case. So overall, you enjoyed the game, though? Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right, cool. Do you think that we should do these PlayStation Plus uh, games a little bit more?
0: Yeah, dude, this is kind of actually great. We find, like, simple... You know, not huge games, right. but like these like nice little playstation plus games mm-hmm. I think for sure, yeah
1: okay, yeah we might we might get into it, um those of you listening, let us know too if you if you enjoy this, uh if you hate it, also let us know, we want to hear from you, regardless, um, so with that, thor, we're about at ratings time, believe it or not okay we're we're uh we're about there, so let's see if you had to rate this on a scale of. One to ten katanas. Where do you think you'd rate it? Hmm. Okay. Um
0: I think I'm gonna go eight. Okay. Eight out of ten. Alright. And I think because it is a small game, I'm grading it a little bit of on a on a scale. Cause compared to a large game, mm-hmm. it definitely it falls short because it is this is a short game. I don't think it has a ton of you you can't sync there's not a ton of hours to sync into this game. Sure. they like we discussed with the combat, although I like it in its simplicity. I like the game's design it's in its simplicity. I think it lends itself to being something that is not super replayable. Yeah. Not often anyway. Okay. I definitely plan on playing again and I want to try on like the hardest setting. Okay. And really you know what I mean, I for a little bit more of a challenge, that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, like I said, I don't love that the whole thing is black and white. It makes it a little bit tough. Okay. Um, those are really my only criticisms. That and the subtitles. Those are really my only criticisms. Those are really my only criticisms are the black and white and the subtitles. But apparently I don't have to do subtitles. <laughs> you don't.
1: So You don't at all. Yeah.
0: But overall, I I think it's a great game. I don't think it's going to be anybody's favorite game of all time,
1: right? Yeah, honest. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Th- I would agree with that. But it's
0: a great game to pick up. I could easily see spending twenty bucks on this, and you know, you have a game you can always come back to when you just want something easy
1: and fun to play. Yeah, what's twenty bucks now? I mean, you go to McDonald's, you're spending twenty bucks. Exactly. So. I would say it's definitely worth the cost, even if it is full price. Again, if you have Xbox Game Pass, I'm pretty sure it's on Xbox Game Pass. At the point of you guys listening to this, it's no longer June, so it's probably in July. It's not going to be available. But if you added it to your library, just didn't download it yet, like any good PlayStation player does, download it, give it a go. It's pretty solid. Yeah, it's
0: worth it. And it's not a huge time commitment.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would
0: probably... Six six to eight hours, and you're going to beat the game. You can play it in easy mode, too, and it's very easy. And it's just to get through the story, because the story is pretty interesting, too. It's not blow your hair back, something you've never heard before, but it does dive into this niche. I don't know how uh, accurate it is to actual Japanese folklore. They,
1: They had a... Well, I know that they had a historian with them when they were writing it and making the game. Oh, very cool. To make it true to Edo Japan period. As far as the parts of Yomi, I don't know on that one. I'm not sure.
0: But Yeah, there's a ton of those little artifacts you can pick up. And so... Not only does it kind of have a like a cool little story that zips along, there's also extra stuff you can read into if you're really into like lore, like descriptions of these items, and they're just literally world building yeah. that you you can take or leave. You don't need it, um, but it it has some fun little uh, pieces in there to kind of build on this world. Yeah, um, my assumption was it felt really. It felt rooted in reality as far as like actual folklore and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I think it's fun. I think it's a great pickup, and it's you, you're not gonna feel bad about getting it. You're gonna have fun playing it.
1: I would agree. Yeah, I'd probably give it a either a seven or an eight as well. I think that I'm leaning more towards seven. The only things for me m- maneuvering the character through was a little bit jarring sometimes just because of what we were talked about as far as you might be moving left. And then now all of a sudden you need to go up or down or right.
0: Yeah. you. How many times <laughs> did you accidentally leave a room you didn't mean to leave?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I did that. Yeah. But overall, I thought visually this game was super striking. Um, mechanically it was fairly simple, but it didn't bother me I'm not really super picky with games, though, either. Like, if you can give me a good story, then I can chug through a game. Um, and I felt like the narrative of this was pretty cool. I think giving your character that choice as far as what defines them, what drives them, was kind of a nice, subtle touch. To yeah, help.
0: that re- that really was. Because it's, you know, a lot of times in games, it's like, what are you going to be? Are you going to be the renegade or the paragon? That's mm-hmm. kind of like the Mass Effect version. Are you going to be the good guy? Or are you going to be the bad guy? And this skewed that for a very eastern way of thinking whereas we tend to i've heard this i don't know if it's true but i've heard that we like western thinking tends to think in like twos like one or the other whereas in a lot of eastern culture um they tend to think of things in threes interesting um and it's not so I, I liked that. Like you said, it's a really nice little touch. It's not about, are you going to be the good guy or the bad guy or the tough guy or the sweet guy? It's not. It's like, what's motivating your character? That's a... I, I would say that's kind of like a foreign concept to a typical video game. Yeah. Where it's less about what you're going to do, more about why are you going to do what you're going to do.
1: Yeah, that's... um. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. The whole... Two versus three thing is kind of interesting. Um, as a kid, just speaking from personal preference, I always picked good guys and bad guys in every single thing that I looked at. Companies, for example, I would tell you if they were a good guy or a bad guy company. So, and they were always opposed. McDonald's and Burger King. I had an identification for both of them. Okay, Which one do you think was the bad guy or good guy?
0: Um, you were a kid? I was a kid. Oh, McDonald's was a good guy. Mc- Burger King was the bad guy. Hundred percent. Yep, McDonald's yeah. was
1: a good guy. Um here's <laughs> another
0: He yeah, had fucking toys. Are you kidding me? Those hey, little Ma- McNug- these little McNugget toy guys. Well, hey, the BK
1: kids of the nineties.
0: They had those crowns though. Yeah. Everybody loves a crown. I'll still go to Burger King and grab a crown.
1: Here's another one. Walmart, Kmart. They were opposed you in were my a kid? mind. I was a kid, yep. Kmart's good, Walmart's bad. That's hundred percent correct <laughs> <Dude>, K- <laughs> too. What, for whatever reason, Kmart was so much more fun than Walmart in the nineties. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Okay, this one's a little bit tough. Okay, here's another another battle of the ages for me. J.C. Penney's, Sears.
0: Ooh. Okay. Yep. Sears was the good guy. J.C. Penney's the bad guy.
1: It was flipped. J.C. Penny was the good guy. I couldn't tell you why.
0: No. See, I thought maybe Sears... Because when I think of Sears, I think of power
1: tools. Okay.
0: And when I think of JCPenney's, I think of clothes. Yeah. So I was like, I bet Mike, kid Micah liked fucking band and shit better than he <laughs> better than
1: he liked women's blouses. Yeah. Well, did J C. Wait, now hold on a sec. Which one had the catalog? Was it the Sears catalog or was it the JCPenney catalog? I, I think catalog? they
0: both did. I mean, Sears catalog is definitely a thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, now I'm thinking... Because
0: that- Sears was like... I'm pretty sure that was the first huge American department store. I'm pretty sure Sears was like the first department store that went nationwide. Hmm. Um, But I'm pretty sure they both, everybody had catalogs. back then. I guess.
1: Yeah. But yeah, it was was JCPenney. They were, they were the good guys. Sears was the bad guys. So that's interesting that you bring that up because just me naturally as a kid, I did that. Don't know why. Couldn't give you a reason, but that's where I was. So, I would give it a 7 out of 10. Oh, right on. Yeah. Yep. Um, what do you guys think? Did you play Trek to Yomi? If you haven't, you should. Check it out, and then get a hold of us. Find us on Instagram, at GetWreckedPod. GetWreckedPodcast. Yes? Get podcast. Find us on Spotify, the get Podcast, Or, you can send us an email. At GetWreckedPod at
0: gmail.com. G-I-T-R-E-C-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. Dot com. You can send us things you want to hear us review on the show as well.
1: That's right. Yeah. Um, anything you got, we'll take.
0: You. You got what I need. <laughs> Get wrecked is just your friend.
1: <laughs>
0: Get wrecked is your friend. Oh baby,
1: love that song. I love that song too. <laughs> I love that song too. What? Um, with that being said, Thor. Next week, Ooh, we have a treat. Our
0: buddy Zach Bolton is going to be returning. <gasps> I am DZ, the man with the movies himself, and he wants to discuss a film that I have never seen. I have. And it is called True Romance. And I'll tell you everything I know about True Romance. All right, right I'm now. ready for it. I know it was the first movie Quentin Tarantino sold, and he wrote it. Mm-hmm. But he did not direct it, and he used the money he made from True Romance to make Reservoir Dogs. That's everything I know about True Romance. I don't even know a hundred percent about that, but I'm pretty sure what I said was accurate.
1: Yeah, that that I believe is correct. Um That's that's gonna so, be fun. So it's I'm one excited.
0: Of, it's one of those movies I've always heard good things about. I don't know anything. As far as what it's actually about, gotcha. I've just heard good things. It's one of those that people say, oh, true romance. What a what a great film.
1: It is really good. And Bolton has a pretty big hard-on for it. So I'm excited to hear his thoughts on it. I think that he, uh, he may have recommended it to me many, many, many moons ago. He and I have watched a lot of movies together. But um, I think that I found this movie through Bolton as well. So next week, True Romance, it stars Christian Slater. Right if on. you're familiar with him. It uh, stars Christian Slater. It's a pretty good film. It's about a man who falls in love. Oh. Go figure, right? Romance, okay. So if uh, if you haven't seen True Romance, go ahead and find it somewhere. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. It's an older film. We're talking like maybe mid-90s, probably. But it's a good one. Find it. Watch it. And then come back next week so that you can hear us talk about it. And we'll review it. And we'll give it a better score than Rotten Tomatoes. Because we give better scores than Rotten Tomatoes.
0: Yeah, they don't have gummo 75%. (laughs) Jesus Christ.
1: Get out of here.
0: That should be everything you need to know about looking at the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Those (laughs) psychopaths, 10,000 or more psychopaths, said gummo should be at 75 percent
1: horrible people what whoever they are what get out of here oh jesus so next week true romance be there be square be both those things but until next time folks <laughs> as always you get wrecked and stay wrecked hell <laughs>